What was it that Mary had chosen? She chose to fellowship with God. She chose to fellowship with Jesus. Mary had chosen the one thing that was needful. In the book of Revelation, there are messages to various churches in various areas. And in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, a verse that many people have heard, Jesus is saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, I will come in to him and have fellowship with him. This is often used to say that Jesus is knocking on your heart's door to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Technically, this is Jesus knocking at the heart's door of believers, and he's saying, I want to come in and fellowship with you. Do you you see how sad that is? We would not have life as believers were it not for Jesus Christ. And he is outside. In other words, he's desiring fellowship. And he's offering. He says, if if you invite me, if you'll spend time with me, I would be happy to come in and fellowship with you. I mean, this is... This is Jesus Christ who gave his life for us and promises to keep us in the palm of his hand. You wouldn't think in a, in a normal situation, you wouldn't think, you would think we would, we would say, I'm never going to let go of you. I, I want more of you. But he, he's saying, I have to stand and knock and I'm waiting. For people to open the door and say, will you come in? And Jesus said to Mary, this is one thing that will never be taken away from you. I mean, think of that. Everything else will be taken away from you. But the time that you spend with God will never be taken away from you. God does not want us to be experts in formulas or experts in knowing how to use his principles, he wants an intimate relationship with you and me. And and you might be sitting here today saying, he doesn't want to see me. I've, I've failed him so miserably. No, he wants time with you. Your relationship to God is the single most important aspect of your life, bar none. And if it is not right, nothing else matters. Time with God enriches, it deepens and directs and blesses every relationship that we have. It it permeates our life, time with God. Knowing God's voice, knowing the mind of God, only comes by spending time with God, as Ian Bounds said earlier. 
And we were created for a relationship with him. And Satan will do all he can to keep you from Jesus, from spending time with him. So, why take time for extended fellowship with God? Number one, to get to know God. We've already alluded to the fact that you can't know God by just little pop visits. You can't know God by just coming and hearing messages. I mean, God doesn't want you to know Him just through listening to somebody else. He wants to spend time with you. Taking an extended fellowship with God. Secondly, it renews our perspective and gives direction. It is easy to lose perspective in this world. It is easy to lose sight of, of the big picture. And coming and expending, spending extended time with God renews our perspective. It is amazing how it gives direction. We'll, we'll share some ways that it can be helpful in that, in giving direction. It is a time to take personal inventory in our own life. To stop a little bit. To, to quiet ourselves. And to say, okay, how am I doing? As a man, how am I doing as a husband? How am I doing as a father, as a grandfather? How am I doing as a citizen? How am I doing as a neighbor? I mean, Satan loves to... I don't, maybe we give Satan too much credit. We get so busy in our lives, go, 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 that, that we seldom have ever take inventory on how we're doing. And what is it that we're chasing after? Picture with me a tall ladder leaning up against a wall. And think of your life as a process of climbing that ladder. Wouldn't it be tragic to get to the top of the ladder and find that you placed it against the wrong wall? The one thing that matters is time with Jesus. And God designed us to take that time to get to know Him, to renew our perspective and get direction, to take personal inventory. Number four, to cast all our care upon Him. There are many, many things that come into our hearts and weigh our hearts down. If today everyone here just started writing down the things that are weighing on their heart, their concerns, their worries, we would have a various array of many, many, many issues. And God invites us to cast our care upon Him. We'll talk more about that. Number five, to make time for intercession. 
every one of us have people that we know we should pray for, but we haven't been praying for them. Missionaries, relatives, people we work with. We, we all, I doubt any one of us here today would say, hey, this last week I prayed for everybody I should have prayed for. This gives us a little bigger window. It's incredible when you're there and you say, God, lead me. Who do you want me to pray for? It's amazing the people God brings to mind. And and some of them I've had him bring to mind people that I haven't been around for years. And I have no idea what's going on in their life. But God does. Why did he bring that to mind? Make time for intercession. And number six, and this, apart from number one, may be the most important, to adequately prepare for battle. We are in warfare. And Satan wants to take you out and take out whoever he can. And we need this basic training, if you please. We need this advanced training. We need this endowment of power. So, how to spend extended time with God. And I'll just quickly go through this, as I said, in particular, these parts. But I want to share this today so that you're not driven away from it, so you're not filled with fear, so that you can see, I can do this. Um, First of all, have a set time and prepare mentally and physically for it. So, um... We have the set time, all right, next Sunday, next Sunday afternoon. And and prepare already. I'm planning next Sunday afternoon, and maybe you'll have to shorten your nap. Maybe you won't even get a nap. Maybe you need to take a nap on Saturday instead of Sunday. But prepare yourself for it. Put it in your schedule. Prepare yourself for it. And when you begin, start by quieting your mind and asking the Holy Spirit to help you. God, I cannot even approach you without the Spirit's direction. And honestly, quieting your mind may be the hardest thing for you to do. And it may take five or ten minutes. We'll tell you in just a minute a tool that can help you with that. You say, Pastor, when I pray... I fall asleep. Um, Number one, if you have never fallen asleep while praying, you probably don't pray much, okay? But I don't think God rebukes you for falling asleep while praying. And I know some of you are saying, well, he did the disciples. What, could you not watch an hour? Um To help you not fall asleep and to make it more personal, I've found two things that help. And in this extended time of prayer, it's really good. One, pray out loud. You're talking to God. It's just talking to God. Okay? Pray out loud. Or, and this is one I I really like doing, write a letter to God. Um, One, it's pretty hard to fall asleep. Two, it helps me, and we're all different, but it helps me to, to sit down 
and, and write a letter to God, a prayer to God. It helps me to see it. So, this is some of the things that, that you can do um, when, when you're dealing with this extended time of prayer. Now, divide the time into three sections. One is waiting on God. The second one, we'll come back and talk about that. The second one is praying for others. And the third one is praying for yourself. In waiting on God, and we'll give you scripture. I'm not going to go through all these scriptures here today. We'll give you those next week. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know anybody here today that doesn't want renewed strength. How does it come? By waiting on God. And and so you read a passage like Psalm 139. It doesn't have to be Psalm 139. We're giving you this as a, as a primer, so to speak. And you, you read that and you realize His presence and you... You go over that, slowly go over it. You don't have, it's, and thankfully, it's not like, man, I gotta leave for work in ten minutes. I gotta get something from the work. Here you, here you've got two and a half, three hours. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let this saturate in me. So, you read the word to think about his presence. You read the word to be cleansed. God, I want you to cleanse me. I want you to show me my sin. Um, search me and know me and try me and see if there be any wicked way. And you read the word to, to worship God. Wow, God, you are great. You are awe-inspiring. You are incredible. So that's the part of waiting on God. And in some sometimes when you do this, this may take a major part of your time with God. Or another time, it may, it may not be the major part. Then you go in and you begin to pray for others. And those people that God's put on your heart, maybe you already had a prayer list, but you begin and you take time to pray for others. People that, um, as we said, you, you'd like to pray for, but you often find yourself not doing that. Then you pray for yourself to seek wisdom for important decisions, to seek power. God, I cannot be the father I ought to be. I don't know what to do in this situation. God, I need wisdom. I need your power. And God, I, I need your blessing and to cry out to God with the things on your heart. And to help you do that, we encourage you to make a worry list. Those that struggle with the word worry, we're not supposed to worry. I know we're not supposed to worry, but we do worry, right? So if worry is a hang-up for you, call it your concerns list, okay? And on this list, list everything that is bothering you or of concern to you. And honestly, when I, when I do this, I, the first thing I do when I get in, the first thing I do, I take a piece of paper and I write across the top, worry list. 
And, uh, and you may be saying, I thought you said that, um, that you're supposed to first thing quiet your heart. I've got to get rid of some of these worries. So when I'm starting to quiet my heart and I think about something, I write it down on my worry list and I can leave it there. And all the time you're going through waiting on God, praying for others, some of these things that are concerning you will come up, write them on your worry list. And honestly, as you start writing things down that concern you, you will be amazed how that list will grow. As you keep adding to that list, and then you come down to where you can pray about it, start out and pray about every item on that list. Now see, it may be, it may be you wrote down, I don't know whether to sell some cows or keep some cows. Oh, how spiritual is that? In everything by prayer. You're worried about it. You think about it. I don't know what to do with this business deal. I don't. Write it down. Then go back and pray about it. God, I need wisdom what to do with these cows. Or I need wisdom what to do with my vehicles. Do I fix this one? Do I put more money into it? Do I need to replace it? I mean, everything. There is nothing more practical than this. And you go down and you pray about it. And as you're praying about it, God may prompt you. You know, you had down there what to do with the vehicles. And God prompts you that, hey, go see so-and-so. He knows a lot about. Then you start another list, the to-do list. Okay, I need to go see so-and-so about my car. There will be some things there's nothing for you to do. But you're worried about it. You commit it to God. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. So every prayer request that you pray about, there either will be, one, something to do about it, or two, you commit it completely to God. Either way, you're committing it to God, and in some cases, God's going to say, now, this is the first step, what I want you to do. Then you go back to your to-do list when you're done or near the end of time, and you number those by priority. This is a number one priority. I need to do this. This one is not so. And you number those. This will give you direction on things that you need to do. This will relieve your burden. You're committing it to the Lord. And those burdens that you can't do anything about, you trust God. Say, God, you said to cast all my care upon you. Now, when you're done, you may want to destroy your worry list. I mean, seriously, this may be so personal that you wouldn't want anyone else to see it. You're not doing this for anything but to enhance and build your relationship with God. To make us more effective in our love for God. And and we're literally coming in and spending time with God. I mean... 
honestly, when we think about this, is this a sacrifice? Oh, I'm going to go spend time with somebody. Who? God. Really? What a bummer. Be better off if it was my neighbor or Tom Brady or Donald Trump or that that's how foolish we get. We'd rather go talk with the boys or get on Facebook or what and that's what we're doing. We're not spending time with God. And we need this. We need this help. And I, I Honestly, I have this, these last few weeks have been grieved that, God, how did I let us ignore this? This is, this is what the whole Christian life is about. And we struggle along because we have such little time with Jesus. Now, I know Andrew mentioned, he said, you know, it's, it's good to get away from your home and I know some of you live alone at home, and to you there aren't many distractions. But the vast majority of us, even at home, we see things that we need to do. You know, you're sitting by the window and you feel the draft. Man, i got to tighten that window up. But, you know, even that, there's distractions. I'm not saying you have to come here to do it. I'm saying we have to do it. If we want to know God and know His power, I mean, think of it personally. Jesus is seeking fellowship with you. What will your answer be to Him? Don't worry, you don't have to answer to me about this. It it has nothing to do with me. I'm just a, a messenger today saying, God loves you and He would... He wants more than anything to spend time with you. And you may feel like you're walking in with your head down. I'm such a loser. God's saying, come on in, man. We're good. I love seeing you. It's, it's the prodigal's father. He's running after. You're opening the door. You're giving me this. Whoa, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get to work here. I love this. That's God's attitude. That's what you were saved for. That's what he wants. And I'm not just saying just this thing. It's learning in our life to develop a hunger and thirst for fellowship with God. So, I I want you to know, and and many of you in particular, I can speak of the men because I visit with them more about this, have come and testimonies that have said, man, I didn't know what I was going to do, but... I didn't know that a time in that span could go by so fast. And and men walk out. Uh, usually at the end of this, we get together the last 10 or 15 minutes and, and just share. Any highlights? Wow, it's blessing to hear the highlights of what what God did. And and I just want to encourage you, this is this is the nitty-gritty foundation of the Christian life. Everything rises or falls out of our relationship, and that comes from time with Him. 
And, and if go back to that ladder illustration. If you think, well, I'm saved, so I got my ladder against the right wall. That doesn't mean you've got your ladder against the right wall. It may mean you're going to heaven, but your ladder may be against a wall that's wasted. And a life that's against the wrong thing. Just because we're saved, that isn't the end of it. That's the beginning of fellowship with God. So think of it. Jesus is seeking fellowship with you. What will your answer be to him? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would find in us a longing and a opening of our heart to fellowship with you. And that we truly would say, what a fellowship, what a joy divine. That we would taste and see that you are good. That by our actions we would say, I would rather have Jesus than anything else. So Lord, may we truly respond to the leading of your Spirit. And may we know the joy of the one thing that is needful that cannot be taken away. Of being in your presence, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We sang earlier the song that...